welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. We're finishing a series today. We've been doing Christianity 101, the basic building blocks of uh, a believer's behaviour, if you like. The things that we need to do in order to live a rich, fulfilling, God-honouring life. And, uh, and he has got a great plan for us. But of course, it's up to us how we follow that plan. And we've talked uh, some weeks ago, I think Janelle started by talking about the Bible, reading the Bible. And not just reading it, but knowing it, digesting it, having it in your heart, obeying it, declaring it, standing on it. Uh, and so the Word of God is so powerful and we want to make sure we uh, attend to that. And of course, that leads to prayer because the Word fuels our prayer. It shows us what God's will is what we can pray for. We build our relationship with God through prayer, but of course uh, we also can change things and, and there's spiritual dynamics that come to play into this physical world where things change because of prayer. And so we talked about prayer. Then Byron did a great job preaching about the church and how if you're going to be a Christian, you really want to be in a church, planted in a church. And I know, sadly, I know a lot of people who have been displaced from church through painful situations and dramas and stuff but it's always worth working through that and sticking it out and getting planted and just honoring God in that way loving his bride and also being blessed to be part of a community of faith hope and love and people who can encourage you even with the 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 dramas and the pains that might have occurred so I'm preaching here to the converted because you're here Um, but um, you know the church is just God's plan for the world, really, to connect with him, uh, you know, a wonderful family uh, with him. And then, of course, last week, Ruth preached about discipleship, being a student of Jesus, uh, uh, someone who studies and knows, but also becomes more like Jesus uh, from glory to glory, as the Bible says. Today, I want to talk about evangelism, because none of that's any good if you just keep it all to yourself. I mean, it is good. It's just good for you, but for no one else. And it doesn't honour God fully because God calls us to share what we have with the world around us. And I I just want to start by getting someone up who really is a great evangelist, and that is Linda Brady. Um, And I'm just going to ask her just a couple of questions. So, yeah, give her a clap. Thank you. Um, Good morning and welcome back. Thank you. Hi, Uh, everyone. Now, Linda, you love to share your faith and have done so in many different situations. I've often heard of you, you know, just talking uh, anything from leading someone in prayer, praying for the sick, to just a little word of encouragement about your faith. Why do you do this? Well, it's a whole lot of fun. I love sharing the gospel with people. And, you know, it's been pretty tough over the last couple of years because we just haven't seen anyone, you know, who haven't been going anywhere. But... I love, somebody shared the gospel with me and I loved, and I'm so appreciative of what they said to me and what they did for me. So the Bible says do the work of the evangelist. So I just love sharing the gospel and just love finding creative ways to strike up a conversation with someone at, you know, the supermarket or the bus stop or wherever. 
any recent <laughs> examples of when you've oh. talked to someone about the Lord or about, you know, why you're a Christian? Wow. Um, well, I talk to my, one of my sons a lot. <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> yeah, he cops it a lot because he's, he lives with me, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and <laughs> what, what about strangers? You've, you've had no issues sometimes. How do you go about when you talk to someone who you've only just met and somehow you steer the conversation that way? You met someone in a park? Oh, yeah, lady. yeah, in the park down the road. Um, I ran into Ruth one day and there was a couple of... Um, oh, love you witnessed to her? Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she responded I thought, here's well, a go. Made a recommitment, right? <laughs> she looks like she needs the Lord. But, you know, we struck up a conversation because we, we, we were there with, um, uh, with Ruth's little granddaughter and, yeah, I ran into Ruth at the park and then there's other lovely Asian ladies were there so we struck up a conversation with them. And one of them I have seen around, because she just lives around the corner from me. So, yeah, we got to witness to her. I can't remember how we struck up uh, the conversation, though. It wasn't, I don't know. But it's fun trying to be creative. And, and this, I find the strangers are the easiest because <laughs> you can just be bold. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you, Linda. Give her a clap, please. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. Linda finds it so much fun and uh, loves the creativity involved. Um, you know, Ruth uh, shared a scripture last week from the end of the book of Matthew. Um, as you may know, Jesus, before he went back into heaven, gave us what they call the Great Commission. And uh, it's recorded in a couple of different places, statements that he made to the disciples and to us with clear commandments about what he wants us to do. And uh, and, he, and Ruth read from... Um, uh, the end of Matthew, where he said, go and make disciples in all nations. And um, there's another great go statement that you may know that is recorded at the end of the book of Mark, and that's uh, Mark 16, verse 15. And I think, oh, there it is. Um, and look, that's the NLT. That didn't look like Mark 16, verse 15. Did I give you the wrong reference there? Isn't it verse 15 where he says, go into all the world? Yeah. So he says, Go and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the good news to, well, some translations say to all creation, all creatures. But of course, I think the New Living Translation, there it is. Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Very simple. But notice the go. Right? There's a go. Everyone say go. Because there's something that requires us to go. Notice, that, uh, notice a few other things there. It's a directive from the Lord Jesus himself. It's, it's a commandment, right? So it's not to be ignored. Uh, and that's why it's known as the great commandment or the great, uh, not sorry, not great commandment. It's known as the great commission, not just the great suggestion, not just a concept or a possibility, but it's something that's beholden upon us. And, uh, and then he's notice, it, as I said, it, it involves going. So the church was never meant to be this little kind of enclave uh, of believers separated from others in society or retreating from modern society. Jesus always designed the church to be a group of people who are actively connected with people, you know, involved with people, engaged with people, reaching out to people. Uh, and then notice also that he says, go into all the world and to preach the good news to 
to, to everyone. It's for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. It's not culturally specific. It's not a Western religion. It's not just for certain kinds of churchy people or people who think, oh, well, I need a spiritual crutch or yeah, everybody needs the Lord Jesus. Yeah? And, and of course, not everyone will respond in the same way. Some people might reject the good news of Jesus, but that's on them. That's not your issue. So when you share your faith or you talk about the Lord Jesus, you don't have to guarantee a result. You don't have to pick someone who you think might respond better than someone else. You just got to sow a seed and that can be planted and who knows how it's going to turn out. Sometimes it grows to fruition and other times it might not. But again, that's, that's not your deal. Um, but in doing this, in talking about witnessing and going and reaching out and sharing and evangelism and whatever you want to call it, I know that many Christians feel a little awkward or even intimidated. And there are the Lindas, there are people who are natural evangelists who find it exciting to talk about the Lord. And then there's the rest of us. And not everybody uh, is, is so confident um, about it. In fact, as Linda referred to in the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul wrote to Timothy and one of the things he said was to Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. Now, theologians tell us in their study of the Bible, Timothy was not a strong, outgoing, gregarious, confident public person, that he was actually quite shy and retiring. And that's why Paul reminded him, hey, even you, Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. Not just, now, Timothy, I understand you're a good student of the word and you're good with people if they're already Christians and you're a good pastor, so I don't really expect you to do, no, 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 even you, Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. And that's on all of us. So again, you might think, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you are a more, uh, you know, introverted, quiet person and you found it a bit awkward. Well, I want to encourage you today. I want to give you three great blessings that come as a result of sharing your faith. And I've found I'm not a natural evangelist and Ruth, myself and Ruth, are not as gifted as some people like Linda in evangelism. But we've both enjoyed the journey over the years and enjoyed the encounters and the experience and that going into that place and sharing our faith with people. And so the three blessings that I want to encourage you with all come into play when you talk to someone about your faith. And the first blessing is that it blesses you. You will be or have experienced already this blessing. You are blessed when you do talk about the Lord and witness to people. Um, you know, motivational speakers and, and self-help books always talk about the benefits of going beyond your comfort zone. They'll say, oh, you know, you should uh, learn a language or uh, develop a new skill, take up something that's different, that, you know, is a little of a disruption to your routine. And that's where you start being stretched and being uh, encouraged to, to grow. And, uh, of course, uh, the best version of going beyond your comfort zone that you can be involved in as a Christian is going and sharing your faith, going out and and it and it is a, it's a wonderful experience when you do that and you you know you're aware when you do this of of planting seed, good seed, God's love, God's light, God's life into people's lives that are darkened or you know suffering from the the dramas and the goings on of the world at the moment. And, uh, and so that, that you sense that, that blessing because you come to realise, you know, when Jesus said, 
it's more blessed to give than to receive. And sadly, I've met people who I really don't think they've ever discovered <laughs> what that scripture really means. They've not given enough in their life to really experience the blessing. And you can set your life up to receive. You can just be a consumer. You can just be a, a taker. You, know, you can transact with your money and with other resources, with your love, with your giving with people. I'll give this person because I'll give that person something because I can get something back. Transactional relationships. That's just living way below what we're called to. But if you really give your time, your efforts, your energy, your life, then you do have this wonderful blessing that comes. And you discover, yeah, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and uh, uh, you know, you, you discover that when you're sharing your faith because you are giving up attention. You're giving that person attention. You're giving up your time. You might give up some of your pride. You might be embarrassed or overcoming some awkwardness to engage in that way and talk about the Lord um, but then you're aware man what I'm sharing here is so vital so valuable for this person and you're aware of that blessing um, and that phrase uh, Bethany used this the other day she was telling me how she was sharing she was at the checkout I think it was and is she not is she gone she's with kids I think she was at the checkout and she said um uh, the conversation, I think she was asked, uh, what do you do for work? And she said, I'm a teacher. But then she, she said, you know, I, I was just aware of going there. She used that expression, to go there. And, you know, to go beyond the comfort zone. Just go to that place. Go Because she said, I'm a, a teacher at a Christian school. And launched and went into why she's a Christian. And sharing her faith. And she's just aware, you know, and the people further down in the checkout line, like, oh. Okay, suddenly this got interesting and the checkout girl uh, must have had a big shop because she said, I'd already given her plenty of time to tell me her life story but then I you know, was able to just really share my faith and she was excited about that and she was aware, oh, that's a blessing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed because I'm, I'm giving. I'm sowing good seed and I've had this experience recently, like you know, I was um, in Tassie uh, riding my motorbike, I mean on a sabbatical, sorry, at a, re- resu- a retreat, sorry, a retreat. I was on a, re- a sabbatical on a retreat in Tasmania, spiritual <sighs> retreat. Uh, as my, one of my motorbike riding friends says, it's the world's biggest motorcycle theme park and they charge no entry fee. It's just roads and roads and, and then occasionally people and, uh, and you go into town and we're actually, we're at the <laughs> big tough bikies wandering around the Salamanca markets in Hobart, you know, looking at candles and soaps, you know, as you do. And, um, and I, I struck up a conversation with this old bloke running a stall and, uh, he, I said, that's right, because we've got to go back. Ruth and I have got to go to a pastor's conference in May. And I said, I'll bring my wife back. And she might. I won't say what it was. You know, might buy you a soap if you're lucky. You know. uh, and, um, and I said, oh, I'll bring my wife back in May. He says, well, that's if I'm still here. I'll be a year older if I'm, if I'm still around. And, and I thought, yeah, you're right. You're really old. And I said, when's your birthday? He says, March 20th. I said, oh, mine's March 19th. Oh, I might be. And he says, oh, I think I'm a few years older than you, mate. You know, and then we got chatting. And, and then, of course, he said, what do you do for a living? And I, and, and I love that because I, I say, well, I'm a minister. What? A church minister? Yeah. But then I always throw in. I can do my testimony in about 60 seconds. 
because I can throw in the, yeah, I never thought I'd do it, what I do for a living, you know, but then what happened, I didn't get brought up in the Christian faith, what happened was I met the Lord, I mean, Christian, you know, person who told me about Jesus, and Jesus was real, and I really encountered him in a real way, and I found that Jesus is real, and I give it, and you just have to, you know, you know, and so I just throw it out there, I just say, Cause, and I'm thinking, you're old, you need to hear this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah we've got that much long to go, you know, because, and I do the agreement thing, and I find this helps too, I say, because, you know, God loves people, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, like we all know. And, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, and, and we just got to love him back. That's it simple. Oh, yeah, well, I've never been a real church guy. Oh, no, church, yeah. I said, church is secondary. Church helps, but it's initially, it's just your relationship with God, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I said, and you just pray to him. You know, like I just prayed that prayer, uh, you know, and I just basically tell him the sinner's prayer, tell him the gospel, what you can, and I can do it in a conversation. And I got all my motorbike gear on, so he's sort of like, just talking like a bloke to a bloke. And, um, and it was just awesome. This guy's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just said, so, you know, we just talk to the Lord whenever we need to, thinking, and you will need to soon if you don't, you know, get your act together. Cause, and I said, well, I'll see you in May. And I'm, you know, but he's like 100 in the shade. I can't remember. He did, he was in his 80s. He did tell me the year he's born. You know, he said, oh, I was born, da, da, da. Anyway, I go away from that. And then, of course, I've got to move on and choose Lavender soap for one of the blokes. We did actually buy one of the guys has got this effeminate coloured phone case. It's ridiculous. It's like mauve. It's we're trying to we're all coming up with different names for it. Lilac, mauve, puce. We anyway, it's this awful purple colour. He's had it for years. I'm like, I can't believe someone hasn't just thrown it in the river, you know. Where and so we we found a lavender place and we got a little teddy bear soap in lavender. It was the perfect colour for his thing. So we told him he had to mount it on his bike, this little teddy bear. So anyway, um, uh, so, but, you know, I go away from that experience and I'm blessed. You know, I'm like, oh man, I just prayed for that guy and just prayed that he would, you know, really uh, reach out to God and just take the truth that I've been just sowing the seeds of. And so it is a blessing and you want to experience that blessing when you go there, yeah, go into all the world. And go there, and you'll feel the Holy Spirit prompting. Sometimes you'll go, no, 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 no. And the Holy Spirit says, come on, go there. Okay, you know, and you go there, and oh, wow. And you'd be surprised. People don't go, oh, shut up, I don't want to talk about religion. Oh, no, no. People, oh, really? You know, everyone's got their story. And if that's your story, you just share a bit of your story. And then you ask them about their story. What's your story in terms of faith? Are you a person of faith? What about you? Do you know the Lord? I mean, most people have got some kind of concept of God and then you just tweak that and suggest, well, it, yeah, it is God in general, but Jesus, and then you get a bit specific, you know, and that can rattle a few cages because everyone can talk about God, but you talk about Jesus. That's where they need to hone in on. But it's a blessing. The second blessing, of course, it blesses them. Because, it, look, the, the greatest thing you can give to anyone is your faith. That's part of the blessing for you. And the greatest blessing they can then receive plays on from that point, which is, well, hearing about Jesus is the greatest blessing they could ever receive. And as I said, you give, you get blessed. They get blessed because they're hearing about the life-changing possibilities in God. They're going to receive forgiveness. They're going to be reconciled to God. They're going to get eternal life. It's an incredible package, the free gift that God offers us. And, you know, there's a lot of good in the world. There's a lot of attempts. There's scientific discoveries trying to help 
you know, make the world a better place. There's medical breakthroughs. It's incredible what the doctors can come up with to help people. There's philanthropic endeavours where you get rich people trying to, you know, get clean water in poor countries and all that stuff is wonderful. There's politicians. Get ready. You want to be shocked? Some politicians aren't evil. There are, there are good politicians doing their bit. You know, trying to make good policies. Gone very quiet here. You want to really take a hold of that. Not all politicians are evil. Come on. You know, they're they're there to make good policies and laws and help make the country better and all that. But none of those things can solve the biggest problem in the world. Because the biggest problem is not political, it's not economic, it's not some other psycho president in a big country up there. Uh, It's in here and it's sin. And we are all sinners. We have all offended God with our sin. And you can call it a, oh, a mistake. I misspoke, you know, as politicians say, you know. But we're all stained by sin. And at its worst, it destroys lives. And at its simplest and lightest, it still disconnects us from God. But there is one solution for that one great problem and his name is Jesus and that's why he came. And of course his blood washes us from all sin. And so of all the scriptures that you should know when you're sharing your faith, here's a classic that is really worth remembering and I think it's going to come up, Romans 6.23, that summarises the problem and the solution. The wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That packs a punch, doesn't it? Because that really sums up the human condition and God's response to it. That yes, we're sinners. And in fact, Romans 3.23, easy to remember, 3.23, 6.23, 3.23, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. So that's often a good starting point. If someone says, okay, so what does the Bible say about the Christian faith? Well, Romans 3.23, all have sinned, everyone sins. We're all, you know, no matter how good you are, you'll never be good enough. You fall short of the glory of God. And then the result of that sin is, well, death, ultimately, spiritual death now and ultimately eternal death. But, and here's the big but, but God has a free gift for you. It's eternal life. And that's why Jesus came. So isn't that, isn't that awesome? That's just a great scripture. And so we should memorize verses like that. Like other, you know, John 14, 6 and John 3, 16 and... First John 1, 8 and 9, and, and uh, if you don't know what those verses relate to, then go and read them and memorise them because they're always good. If nothing else, at least remember John 3.16. And if you're really clever, remember it in several languages like my wife does. And this is a good party trick. I've seen more than one person shocked when she finds out we're at a restaurant. I've seen this happen a number of times. And the waiter will have an interesting accent. And you'll say, oh, I'm trying to guess your accent or something. And one guy, it was only, I don't know, six months or so ago, we were in Sydney. And, um, and he says, oh, I'm Italian. She goes, oh, I, I speak a bit of Italian. And he's thinking, oh, yeah, you're going to say Chianti or something, you know. And she just launches John 3.16 in Italian. <laughs> and this guy literally stepped back. Because <laughs> she's just saying, God loved the world so much, you know, that he... Sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Bang, in his home language. And he goes, and I don't know if he'd ever heard it before. Because, you know, he might have been brought up good, I don't know, Italian Catholic and didn't read the Bible that much or something. He just said, what is that? Where is that from? She says, that's, that's from the word of God. That's the Bible. That's the truth of God's word for you. He's like, wow, I'll go and get your appetizers, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was oh, he was blown away. It was awesome. And I've seen her do that. You know, she's done it in, I don't know how many other languages. She, she's learned it in a few. So that's a cool party trick. Um, and it's more than a, more than a party trick. Um, okay, I've just hit a button and now I'm looking at every message I've ever preached in, in, little, in little icons. Right, here we are. It's Christmas, 1997. Right, okay, look, congratulations. We've had a new baby. Her name is... Oh, no, here we go. I'm back again. Okay, so... Um, so excuse me while I scroll back down. You want to get up? Interrupt the sermon? It's not protocol. I just want to share this cute thing. I did it with one guy. I was in a spa once on some holiday and he was Italian. So I did my little party trick. Hey, I know John 3... I know some Italian. Told him John 3.16. I said, how's my accent on that? He goes... Yeah, okay, okay. He wasn't too put off. He's like, okay. I said, can you can you say it to me so that I can say it right? So he said it to me better, obviously. He's Italian. I went, yeah, right. So can I say it again and see if it's better? And, and I say it again. I said, how's that? And he goes, better. I said, can you do it one more time? And, I feel like... and we said John 3.16 like six times. Me, him, me, him, me, him. And I'm like, you have no idea. And then we talked about it. So I just thought I'd share that. Awesome. Oh, yeah, well, come on. Is it anyone Italian here? Yeah? All right, all right. You can, you can adjust. All right, come on. Dio ha tanto amato il mondo da dare il suo unico figlio perché chi credo in lui non moia, non abbia vita eterna. Okay, well done. Um, all right. Okay, how about Korean? All right, you have to work on your Korean. Um, well, yeah, we should do it in Russian, but we've got some better Russian speakers. Um, okay, so, um, you know, I think I've got plenty of time. That clock says 10 to 11. It does, but it's all right. I'm, you'll be glad I've got a watch. Um, so, uh, what happened to the great big digital one? Anyway, it looked good for a week. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still going without the glasses. You think I'm, you think I'm, re- this is all just a ruse, I can't, I'm just making it all up, I can't read a thing, you know, or at least I'm scrolling every second letter. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, it is a blessing, obviously, for people to hear the gospel, because, as I said, even if they don't want to uh, respond, uh, or even, you know, as is often the case, they will just take one step further towards Jesus, that you might not lead them in the sinner's prayer, so to speak. They might not fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? But their, their possible antagonism or distance towards God is just changed a little. You know, Billy Graham Evangelistic Crusade, Evangelistic Association has, has said, they've surveyed people from all over the world who have become Christians. They said, on average, people have 14 encounters with the gospel before they actually make a commitment. So you might be the first or the fourth, or the seventh, and someone who hates God, hates church, had a bad experience, and then they meet you and they just have an interaction with you and you say you're a Christian, and and then they just go from minus 10 to minus 8 towards God. They're like, well, not all Christians are idiots, you know, and well, what do you know, that person's not a bad, you know, and then they meet another person, and then later on it might be you again or someone, who knows, on the other side of the world, and and so we just got to keep sowing seed. And that will bless them, yeah? And of course, the third thing is that it blesses God. Because God loves people. 
and he wants people to come to know him and be in relationship with him. Remember the story in Luke 15 about the son who demands his inheritance early? Forget it, kids. It's not that much anyway. Um, and, and, uh, and he takes it and he squanders it and then he comes back. You know, and, and the story is known as the story of the prodigal son or the lost son. But it could also and maybe should also be known as the story of the loving father because the story all hinges not on the son's behaviour but the father. Because you remember the son comes back and says, oh, I don't deserve to even be a servant but I'll try. I just need a job. I'm starving and I'll just, I know there's work at my dad's place and I'll just go and say maybe I could work out. And, the, you know. and of course... Sadly, many earthly fathers would respond with exactly the son's expectations and say, oh, you, you, eh? you got to hide showing your face around here. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, like, yeah, okay. No son of mine, but I'll give you a job. Go and work in the stables with the other workers, sort of, you know. And just that pain and that hurt and the rejection. And, the, and, and we've, we've offended God, but his grace is so incredible. He just loves you. He just doesn't, it doesn't matter what you've done. He, the blood of Jesus washes the sin right away and the father opens his arms and in that story it of course represents the father heart of God towards all people. He welcomes the son back and says, don't worry son, I am so pumped that you're back. We are going to have a party. Forget it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about it. I, I love you. I'm just so glad you're back. And of course that's encouraging for us but it's also the heart of God that he wants us to carry for other people. And he is blessed when people come to faith. When they come and make a commitment, he's the father in that story. He's just so excited. And so it's a blessing when we are witnessing to people and when people respond to that witness and give their life to God, we're blessing God. This whole process, this whole engagement of evangelism, you want to bless God, you want to honour God, you want to please God, well then be someone who shares your faith. There's a lot of other ways we can do it. We you know, serve in the local church and we pray and we obey the laws and pay our taxes and you know, do all sorts of things. But what really will put a smile on God's face is when he sees his people, his kids going out and sharing what they know about him to others. Yeah, And uh, I don't know about you, but I like the sound of God saying, well done, good and faithful servant, rather than, yeah, okay, in you come. You know, and... Uh, you know, and so, you know, what do you want to hear when you get to heaven? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, John 3.16, well, that sums up the Father's heart, doesn't it? God so loved, he loved the world. He loves people so much and he loves them so much, loves us so much that he sent Jesus and he died and suffered. But anyone who believes will have eternal life and not have to die. And so, uh, you know, we just, we just need to have the love of God in us. And here, I'll give you a couple of tips. How do you, because have you noticed sometimes that people are annoying? <laughs> or, is it, or is it only me? You know, yeah, of course. And, you know, some people, some people more than others. Uh, but everybody is annoying sometimes and not altogether lovable. Uh, but one thing you can do is to pray for people. Because it's hard to really hold a grudge if you start praying and feel the love of God and the Spirit of God flowing through you. You will not only forgive that person for any hurt or whatever the damage that might have occurred in the relationship, but you'll have a heart for them and you'll sense the heart of God restores relationships. I talked to a mate about this just recently and he said he started doing that. He said, I started praying for this person and I could no longer hold a grudge. He said it was kind of annoying. I sort of enjoying holding the grudge, but I oh, felt the, the love of God. 
But here's another tip. Um, you know, if you find someone really unlovable, but you know you're meant to love them and you want to pray, think of them as babies. Because babies are cute. Babies are adorable. And it doesn't matter what they do, you still love them. They make a mess, they cry, they whinge, they're selfish, but ah, uh, cute, you know. And so when you talk to that person that you find annoying, just imagine they're a baby. In fact, go further. Think of them as a puppy because puppies are adorable. Now, I'm not saying you should go and cuddle everyone and start patting them, you know, but I'm just saying, just, you know, mentally, they're precious in God's sight. Every person is like a baby in a sense to God, you know, who he thinks of as, oh, this precious person. You know what I'm saying? So rather than just think, well, you're a this and you've done that and you, you know, we've all got our rough edges and all that, but deep inside, there's a precious soul who God loves and he wants us to tap into that same love. Amen? And so, um, in order for these blessings to flow to you and others and to the Lord, we need to be praying and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, that nudge to go, to go there sometimes, yeah? And we need, of course, to build relationships with people who don't yet know the Lord. If you've been a Christian for a long time or if you work in a Christian environment like I do or in a Christian school, uh, that can be hard. I mean, I don't really like riding motorcycles. I just do it because it's good evangelism, you know? It's just someone's got to do it, you know? And so I just have to go on these rides to Tasmania and I've got a lot of unsaved mates who are yet to come to the Lord, but I've, you know, I've done some of their... Uh, parents' funerals, and I witness, and sometimes for some of them, I'm the only Christian they know. And so, like I said, the motorcycling, oh, someone's got to do it. But, um, but you know, I'm out there loving these, you know, lovable buffets on bikes, uh, and, and you will have your sphere of influence that you want to keep opening rather than closing over the years. Don't just get to know Christians and always just be around Christian people. And then, of course, that willingness we need uh, to go there, you know, in our heart. Be prepared and pray for boldness for the Lord to give you that so you don't retreat when you should advance, yeah? And of course, the ultimate result is when someone gives their life to the Lord. But as I said, you may be involved somewhere in that process along the way and it'll still be exciting. So be encouraged, yeah, about sharing your faith uh, as part of the building blocks of our faith and our walk with God. Praise Him. Come on, let's, let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the Great Commission. And uh, we want to lean into that. Not the great duty or the great obligation, but a, a commissioning, like, a, like an officer in the Lord's army, that we have been commissioned by you with honour, with dignity, with a position, with responsibility. And Lord, we thank you that we can take up that commission with great excitement and anticipation of of sharing our faith for the benefit of other people and for your glory. And I pray for that. I pray that spirit of evangelism, that we would do the work of the evangelists at this time, more than any other time, Lord, people need the Lord. All the dramas, the tragic death of Shane Warne and, and, the, and the floods and the, the dramas, in the, they're all reminders of how much people need you. Everyone needs you and there all will come a time when this life's chapter closes and another door opens into eternity and we want people to go straight into your presence. Help us to help them do that. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.